Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for listening today. You can always find us online at pathtozion.com or on YouTube on our YouTube channel there. Just search for Path to Zion. Um, also, you can send us an email anytime you want if you've got any questions, any doctrinal challenges, anything that you want to bring to the forefront and ask as a question. We welcome that. We love that. We would um, be more than willing to listen to anything that you might ask and pose to us. And as I'm always saying, if I don't know the answer, which is very likely, I'll do my best to find it or to pass it on to someone more knowledgeable than me, or it's something maybe we could just unearth on our own and figure out as we go. But you can do that at pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Listen, I want to remind you real quick, if you um, have not been to the YouTube channel, all of the episodes that have ever aired here, um, as we near two years of recordings, um, it's incredible. All of the archived episodes are on YouTube in their entirety. Of course, they're at the main website um, and the Podbean um, app and all these types of things. They're, they're all over the place scattered, but in their entirety, they are on the YouTube channel as well. All the ones going all the way back to when we started in uh, January 2019. If you want to check any of those out now, now I have some hesitancy. You know, as any of us progress, change, um, learn along our journey, a lot of things we, well, I don't know about this or I don't know where I'm at with that. And, you know, that we are on this progressional change uh, of, of understanding, of belief, of clarity towards certain matters in the scriptures. And just overall doctrines as a whole are always evolving and changing, but let them stand as they are. And it is my journey, and it is kind of where God has led me and continues to lead me. And of course, it's always changing. It's always being revisited and tweaked a little bit here and there. And sometimes things that we have all believed, at some point in our life, we get to a point and we say, you know what? I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's even right. I have to shift my belief. I have to shift my understanding and teach from that point. Speak, even if in mere commentary, out of my present understanding, which guess what? Will change again and will evolve again more and more as we all progress. And so we're all in different places in our journey. Hopefully you are in a progression yourself. Hopefully you are in a good place of constantly questioning your own understanding, your own beliefs, not in not in some faithless, you know, just kind of willy-nilly winging it, and I hope this is true. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about studying to show ourselves approved, meditating on the Word of God, filtering it through what the Spirit is saying right here, right now, in our present understanding, maturity, and level of sanctification. There are things that hopefully I can understand today I could not understand 10 years ago. Things that I wasn't ready to receive, things I wasn't ready to walk in, things I just wasn't ready in whatever ways. I wasn't ready to see in more of a fullness that maybe today I am. And there will be things in days ahead for all of us where we will see things differently as we go, as we progress. And I would say if you have the exact same doctrinal belief, if you stand on the exact same like statement of faith, whether it's your Baptist upbringing or, or whatever denomination we could all say, 
your your Catholic doctrine or or anything that any one of us have have carried through into adulthood, we have got to be at a place where all of these things are held open-handed. Oh God, show me your truth. I don't possess all truth. I don't know every single thing in its entirety. I am a mere babe, an infant in many ways of my understanding, but I desire to mature. I desire to change. And the only people that are going to be able to do that rightly and really move in maturity are people who are willing to let go of doctrines of old. Doctrines that were ingrained in us in Sunday school, added to us when we were children, added to us through church experiences. And you know what? Every man has got to get to a place where we personally, experientially possess what we believe. What you believe is lacking personal substance and power if it's only something you've been told, yet you don't even know why you believe what you believe. We must know these things. We've got to address these things as they come to the forefront of our life. And let's just be honest, we've got to get to a place where they actually are allowed to come up to the surface of our life. Why? Because we believe it is okay, it is safe, and it is actually even for our good if, in fact, we are postured in position to question everything. Because we want to be a people who look to Yahweh God and say, you tell me what is true. You tell me what is true, O great Father. Lead me into your truth in whatever dose and measure and level of maturity I can handle. Lord, I want what you say is true. And if we are in that place, it's a safe place. It's a good place. It's a desirable place where we are we are kind of fertile ground for the Father to plant things within us that maybe just need, some things just flat out need removed, uprooted, and, and burned. Other things may need brought to the surface and brought a little more clarity according to what the scripture really means and really intended. But only if we are willing to let go of our personal doctrines, only then will we move further. And I don't know even why I'm talking about that. That had nothing to do with anything I'm going to share today. Perhaps that's for you. Perhaps it's at least ask the question, how many times do you sit down and think about your doctrines, your beliefs? A perfect example is rapture or the church. What is church? What is worship? What? Who is God? <laughs> like we have to know these things. We have to know what we believe. We have to know what we're walking out. We have to be willing to examine hard these things that are what we call the foundation of our lives. And here's the question, then we're going to move into today's topic. What is the foundation of your life? Are these doctrinal scriptural principles and the command, the commands of Yahweh, the, the walking in the path of the suffering servant Yeshua Messiah, are these your foundational doctrines? Are they the foundations of your life? Is your entire life geared around being a pleasing sacrifice to God? If it's not, then of course we're talking about something way out of line, out of order, and perhaps I'm being a little presumptuous. We have first and foremost got to get to a place where our entire lives function is sourced in our understanding, in our heart, 
And in our very lives, our, our, our spiritual man into our natural man outflow of what's inside, man, I'm, I'm going to be a set-apart, godly man after God's own heart in the path of the firstborn of many brethren, Yeshua Messiah, to the best of my present ability, and more so when I get up in the morning and more and more and more in the progression of our lives. Listen today. I've been reading the book of Jasher. Um, if you don't know anything about that, and you know, a lot of people get real, not a lot, but a good many people get really weirded out when you start talking about extra biblical text. Oh, hey, hey, don't you read that like that's the Bible. Well, you know, listen, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The book of Jasher, it's, it's talked about in, in Joshua, in 2 Timothy, in 2 Samuel. There are... There are quotes, and it's basically, for the most part, it's elaborated scripture. When you read the book of Jasher and any extra-biblical text in that similar vein as this book, basically you have the biblical text expanded. You have the biblical text with more details, and it fills in some blanks, and for me, it is an addition to what I already read and in some measure already know about the biblical text that made it into the canon, into the pages within your Bible. But don't be afraid. A lot of people are like, hey, I don't even want to read that. That's, you know, whatever. It's, I've heard it called a number of things. Uh, Jubilees, Jasher, the Book of Enoch, all these things are like, People are real scared and terrified of reading something that's not the Bible. Now, now most people read, you know, they'll read Ted Decker or they'll read the the latest, um, you know, bestseller um, on the bookshelf at Barnes and Noble. Now they'll read that, or they'll read newspapers, or they'll read magazines, or they'll read, you know, Fox News articles about who knows what. Now that's okay and well and good, but if you're talking about a biblical a biblically related extra biblical book? Oh, I don't know about that. Isn't that isn't that kind of strange that that's a lot of the mainstream church's approach? <laughs> so, we will read all these number of things that's even just ridiculous fiction. But I don't know about that that book of Jubilees or the book of Jasher or oh man, the book of Enoch. That's just a bunch of weird stuff. Sounds like mysticism. You know, we we have to be careful that we don't brand these things and we're just closed. Maybe that's just the theme today, is to not be so closed-minded in fear about things that we can use as tools to add to our present understanding and expansion of how Yahweh God has dealt with his people. Don't be afraid. So anyway, I've been reading the book of Jasher for some time, um, all the way through. I've read it in parts over the years, but I've been going through it in its entirety. Um, and and man, this morning, um, last night I was reading a little bit just about the account of, um, we're, we're basically in the timeline, just to give you a little backstory. Jacob and his sons, they, they, are, they are in Shechem. And there's this battle in Shechem and, and all these things happen. And I will admit, because I'm just who I am, man, I, I have a real hard time with the, with the, Hyper violence in the Old Testament and in in the in the timeline of God's people early on about just the constant violence. I mean, if any of us read this and get excited and be like, "Yeah," and it makes us want to run and grab a sword and kill all the enemies, I would say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Pull the reins a little bit, brother. 
what is that? Okay, so like, let's preface it with that. But we have to, for me, be open to like, okay, God, this is how you dealt with mankind in this epoch of time. We are obviously not there right now. And that that would take some unpacking, but we're not in a place where we are in a place of executing unto death the vengeance and judgment of God towards humanity. And 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 again, that I can't even really crack the door on that one because it's just too much too much context to explain. And so to stay on point, um, when you get to Jasher um, thirty five, okay, so. Th- I'm trying to think about what even to, to cover. I am actually sitting down um, in my makeshift studio so I can actually read and turn pages and this and that and the other, and that's kind of awesome. Um, but I do want to touch on these important things. And, and, and so this is what's happened, right? So there's this, basically, let's just say what it is. I mean, there's this slaughter of Shechem. Um, the, the men of Shechem had taken Jacob's daughter and defiled her, and and her brothers are just steaming mad. It says they're vehemently angry, and we have got to make this right. This is not tolerable. And and the biggest thing within this that that continually jumps out when we read texts like this is Yahweh God cannot stand mixing. He cannot stand mixing, man. I mean, he hates it. He hates mixing. He hates God's people intermingling and intermarrying and and having relations. (laughs) He hates his people having relations with evil men. He can't stand it, man. If there's a biblical principle throughout the Old Testament, it's that, right? We see it in the Nephilim. We see it, you know, in these mighty men and the and all the, the things that like, wow, what are we even talking about, man? Yahweh God hates mixing. And he didn't just hate it then, he hates it now. He hates it in his children now. We better be careful we ourselves are not guilty of this exact same principle of going into another land and becoming defiled or or willingly giving, giving ourselves to, to be defiled or taking in wives, if you will, metaphorically speaking, of evil foreigners who were not even supposed to be in our camp or we were not supposed to be in theirs and we weren't supposed to go and then have a victory but take all of their stuff, including their idols and all of their their personal gods and all these other things. Like There is a pattern in the scriptures that is crystal clear that Yahweh hates mixing. But what's cool about this um, chapter, and I'm, I think I'm going to read the whole thing, which might push us a little bit past my 30-minute boundary. But man, this stuff is awesome. And this is what I want us to get from this as I read Jasher 35. Okay, so so the people of God, Jacob's sons, they have gone in and they have, man, they laid waste to the people of Shechem. Man, it's, 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 it's bad, okay? There's no way around it. There's no way to soften it. There's no, there's no way to make it sound like, yeah, they just went in and, you know, cleaned house. No, I mean, they they violently killed all the men of the city with the exception of like a couple who escaped, but that's kind of neither here nor there. And so basically, the Amorites get word of this and, and basically the men, the, the Amorite men start to say in their camp, we've got to go and and do, now they're going to respond, okay? We've got to go and we've got to take care of 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 these Hebrews, 
We've got to make this right because how dare they come in here and do what they've done. They refer to it as evil. How can they do this? We've got to show them. We outnumber them so far. They have no chance. We're going to go in and we're going to eliminate the Hebrews. And this is the dialogue. This is the discussion that begins to come out of that scenario, that scene that was taking place in real life. Okay, Jasher 35. And all the kings of the Amorites came and took their stand in the field to consult with their counselors what was to be done with the sons of Jacob. For they were still afraid of them, saying, Behold, two of them slew the whole city of Shechem. And the Lord heard the prayers of Isaac and Jacob, and he filled the hearts of all these king's advisors with great fear and terror that they unanimously exclaimed, Are you silly this day? Or is there no understanding in you that you would fight with the Hebrews? Why would you take a delight in your own destruction this day? Behold, two of them came to the city of Shechem without fear or terror, and they killed all the inhabitants of the city that no man stood up against them. How would you be able to fight with them all? Surely you know that their God is exceedingly fond of them and has done mighty things for them, such as have not been done from days of old and amongst all the gods of the nations. There is none that can do like unto his mighty deeds." Okay, and so that part right there, they're talking about the present moment. They're talking about like, this is paraphrased. They're saying, don't you know that the Elohim of Elohims is with these men? Do you not understand what you're talking about endeavoring to do? This is the God of all gods, y'all. He is with them. He shows them favor. He is on their side. And this is what really got me this morning as I read this. They start recalling, okay, now the enemies now, the evil men, the ones who are ready and and saying, they're discussing, we are going to end the race of the Hebrews. We're going to eliminate these people. We're getting rid of these men. We're going to to get vengeance and, and undo these Hebrew people. And eliminate them from the earth. But then some guys come in, these kings of the Amorites and these counselors, and they start discussing the the present moment, which just happened in Shechem. And then they start doing this, which is so awesome. These men, these nations now, are fully aware of the history of how Yahweh God moved on behalf of his people. And so we're going to pick up, um, let's see, verse 6. Surely he delivered their father Abraham, the Hebrew, from the land of Nimrod and from the, land, from the hand of all his people who had many times sought to slay him. He delivered him also from the fire in which King Nimrod had cast him, and his God delivered him from it. Who else can do the like? Surely it was Abraham who slew the five kings of Elam when they had touched his brother's son, who in those days dwelled in Sodom. And he took his servant that was faithful in his house and a few of his men and pursued the kings of Elam and one night and killed them and restored to his brother's son all property which they had stolen from him. And surely you know the God of these Hebrews is much delighted with them and they are also delighted with him for they know that he delivered them from all their enemies. Okay, now these are the enemies of God now. These are the enemies of the Hebrew people. These people want Hebrews dead. 
Verse 11, And behold, through his love towards his God, Abraham took his only and precious son and intended to bring him up as a burnt offering to his God. And had it not been for God who prevented him from doing this, he would have then done it through his love to his God. But God saw all his works and swore unto him and promised him that he would deliver his sons and all his seed from every trouble that would befall them. Because he had done this thing, and through his love to his God, he stifled his compassion for his child. Have you not heard what their God did to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to Abimelech, king of Gerar? Through taking Abraham's wife, who said of her, She's my sister, lest they may slay him on account of her, and think of taking her for a wife. And God did unto them and their people all that you have heard of. And behold, we ourselves saw with our own eyes that Esau, the brother of Jacob, came to him with four hundred men with the intention of slaying him, for he called to mind that he had taken away from him his father's blessing." And he went to meet him when he came from Syria to smite the mother with the children and who delivered him from his hands. But his God in whom he trusted, he delivered him from the hand of his brother. He delivered him from the hands of his enemies. And surely he again will protect them. Who does not know that it was their God who inspired them with strength to do to the town of Shechem this evil which you have heard of? Could it then be with their own strength that only two men could destroy such a large city as Shechem had it not been for their God in whom they trusted? He said, and did unto them all that this to slay the inhabitants of the city in their city. And can you then prevail over them who have come forth together from your city to fight with the whole of them? Even if a thousand times as many more should come to your assistance, I'm going to pause right there and then we're going to read some more. But do you understand what these men are saying? These men are saying, we can't touch these guys. These are Yahweh God's people. This makes no sense in the natural. This has nothing to do with prowess or strength or preparation or ability or or physical strength and, and power. The God of all gods is with them. They love him. He loves them. And so they say, can you prevail over these guys? Even if, even if we have a thousand times as many more to help you, we will not win. It continues on in 19. Surely you know and understand that you do not come to fight with them, but you come to war with their God who has made choice of them. You have therefore all come this day to be destroyed Now, therefore, refrain from this evil which you are endeavoring to bring upon yourselves, and it will be better for you not to go to battle with them, although they are few in number, because their God is with them. And when the kings of the Amorites heard all of the words of their advisors, their hearts were filled with terror. And they were afraid of the sons of Jacob, and they would not fight against them. They inclined their ears to the words of their advisors, and they listened to all their words. And the words of the counselors greatly pleased the kings, and they did so. And the kings turned and refrained from the sons of Jacob, for they would not approach them to make war with them. For they were greatly afraid of them, and their hearts melted within them from their fear of them. 
For this proceeded from the Lord to them, for he heard the prayers of his servants Isaac and Jacob, for they trusted in him. And all these kings returned with their camps on that day, each to his own city, and they did not at that time fight with the sons of Jacob. And the sons of Jacob kept their station that day until evening opposite Mount Sion, and seeing that these kings did not come to fight against them, the sons of Jacob returned home. Friends, listen to what we're saying. Listen to what this text is saying. And again, why am I reading this? Bring this into 2020 right now in the condition of the church, God's people. And I'm saying this, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to try to say it in love, but in truth and in harshness. Where in the world are the people of God that are so in love with him and and fascinated with keeping his commands, fascinated with keeping their side of the covenant of God, willing, metaphorically speaking, to even take our children up a hill and sacrifice them upon an altar because Yahweh God said so? Where in the world is the church that is so infatuated with being a covenant-keeping people that Yahweh God can move on their behalf in the same way that he did right here in these texts. Where is that church? I would say that in many ways we have become so prepared and trained and and self-exalted that we've got this, God. We're going to right all wrongs. We're going to undo everything that's evil. We are going to execute righteous judgments in our own strength, and our own prowess, and our own greatness. Look at us. We're the best. And you know what? I believe Yahweh God steps back and say, okay, y'all go ahead. Let's see how this goes. And friends, look Okay, now I'm speaking to Christian Americans. Look at our nation. Look at our nation. Whether or not you believe this is a Christian nation, which I don't, or whether you believe it was founded on esoteric principles and and we're just reaping the, the benefits and the fruits of the origin to begin with, which is where I am. No matter where we fall with that and our disagreements of, of the founding of this nation, all of that aside in its proper place, What is the fruit on the vine of this nation? We have preserved ourselves in our own strength, in our own ability, and in our own greatness. And look at this nation. This nation leads the way of the entire earth in the killing of children. Unborn babies. We, this godly, I'm doing air quotes, this godly nation is is leading the way in the atrocity of murdering humanity. And it's not just, well, there's bad America and then there's good America, and bad America really isn't America. We, the Christian church, we are America. No, sir, no way, no how. This is a national identity that we are all within. We have grieved the heart of the Father. We are an evil, vile people. And what I'm saying is when I read this text, if if we could place what, what all of these Amorite kings and counselors compiled about what they have seen and what they have known, and in some instances they say, we have seen with our own eyes. Yahweh God, the Elohim of Elohims, is with these people. 
I'm saying, do people who are wicked and evil and worldly and on the outside of the kingdom of God, who are not in the people of God, do they today see the account of the Elohim of Elohims in an identifiable people today? Can anyone right now look at Christian America and say, I see the hand of Yahweh God on these people. They are the ones who are exalted by him because they love him and he loves them. But let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. Can we please talk hard to ourselves, Christian church? All of us, Christian church, we have not kept the commands of God. I have not kept the commands of God. I have not been prepared and postured to surrender my everything into his governmental authority. I have been raised in a nation and in a kingdom of men that exalts self and says, we will be the best, we will be the greatest, we've got it from here because somehow, mystically speaking, God shed his favor on this nation and we're on cruise control moving into the future with the blessing and favor and hand of God upon us, done deal. And I'm saying there is a warning to the church saying, wake up, slumbering church. Wake up, O oh church. We should be a people still, even in this culture now, where the nations look at the people of God and they say, oh my gosh, don't, don't go to battle against these people. Yahweh God is with them. And I'm not talking about a militant stance or a, a, a natural fighting, you know, prowess, like military speaking. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what governs this earth. Principalities and powers and the governments and kingdoms of men fueled by, by these principalities and powers rule and reign the earth. Why? We ourselves and and the, the church as a whole, for the most part, we have been, become so divorced from the commands of God and his covenant-keeping promises. We, while we want all the covenant-keeping promises from him, we, we quote all these verses about what he will do for us. But what about all the prerequisites of what we must do to be people of the covenant? of what we must be in order to get the blessing, favor, protection, and power of the Elohim of Elohims operating on my behalf. Because what does this keep saying? That again, these pagan, idolatrous, wicked men are recounting the ways of Yahweh God and how he moved on the behalf of his people. And they say, you know what? We are so terrified of this, of this God being with these men, we're going home. We're going home. We're not even going to battle. And I'm telling you, this is the greatest, highest peak of victory that any man can walk in, even right now in 2020. It's not your firearm arsenal. It's not your, your military preparation for when the bad guy comes to your house to try to take your family and you're going to lay them all out with an assault rifle. All of these things are just little trivial elementary. It's like throwing rocks at, I don't know, a, a, a whole of at 20 rabid lions. Stop it. Go away. Quit it. Leave me alone. Are you joking? 
Our battle is not fleshly. It is not natural. It is something that supersedes every natural thing that we can come up with and rationalize and appropriately prepare for. There is something that I believe is just right here knocking on the door saying, I'm about to come in. And the people who are postured like all these men that these Amorite kings and counselors talked about, man, we threw this guy in the fire. He wasn't burned. We came and assaulted with thousands and thousands of people against a handful destroyed. We just saw this in Shechem. Two men, two, two men, a whole city. And what do they say? Oh my gosh, we're going home. Terrified, filled with terror. Were they filled with terror because of the prowess of the men? No. Were they filled with terror because the men were spouting off these you know, strong, powerful, you better leave me alone or else, man. No way. All these things we could say, greatly paraphrased, they feared Yahweh God with these men. And I'm here to say clear as a bell, if you don't keep the commands of God, if you don't walk intimately with him, completely dependent upon him to be your source, your strength, your power, your might, and your ability, you will fall. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you are dependent upon your own preparation and prowess, you will fall in days ahead because things are coming and advancing on this earth that is vile and evil and fallen and continues to go so, go more so, moment by moment by moment. If we are not like these people that these men recounted, example after example of these were men of Yahweh God. And you know what? So are these two sons of Jacob. And guess what, guys? We're tucking our tails and running. And here's the thing, right? And I'm going to be done. There was not even a battle to be had. There was no battle. There was no battle. In this specific instance, they went home filled with terror. The sons of Jacob, what do we say at the end of that? They kept their station that day till evening. They were still stationed and ready for the battle. They were ready for the battle, dependent upon their covenantal king to do what he always did, which is like, we're just here, God. We're here to do what you say to do, and it's all your strength. It's all your ability. It has nothing to do with us, but we are full of faith, and we love you, God. We love you. And these other men said they love this Yahweh Elohim, and man, he loves them. So they saw that the kings did not come out to fight them, so they went home. I'm telling you this to me, this is beautiful because this is the epitome of the example of the king of all kings seated upon a people to the point where, you know what? He does so much to frustrate and, and overcome the powers of the enemy that are strong now, strong, outnumbered. They outnumber God's people. But guess what? It doesn't matter if Yahweh God, man, if he is our banner and he is seated upon the throne of our lives and then upon a throne of people, man, we are only going to show up and trust in you, God. We will do what you say and we will, we will execute everything that we can to the best of our ability in absolute dependence that the only ability we have is what you bring to us. 
because it's all about you, it's all about your glory, and it's all about your name, and it has nothing to do with us whatsoever other than we are we are the recipients of being aligned and, and referenced alongside your mighty name. It's all about you, Father. It's all about the glory of the Elohim, of Elohims. And that's what happened in this account, y'all. And here's, here's my last thing I'm going to close. Where is the church of the hour that has anything that looks like this? Evil is prevailing. And man, it's more than just how you vote. It's more than like, well, do you choose the good guy or the bad guy? And, this, and let's just be re- and, and let's be true. You choose the horribly awful guy or the guy that's a few degrees less horrible than the other. That's our options. Can we, can someone, I read an article this morning, praise the Father, that has some sort of rationale and, and rooted in real life of saying, man, we've got somebody who says, let's murder babies every, every two seconds and doesn't care. And then you've got this arrogant, exalted man who wants to just rule the world in power and authority. I mean, you've got, you got option A, which stinks, and option, option B that stinks. And so what I'm saying is, what about the people of God? that walk and, and live and function in the governmental order of the eternal king and says, you know what? All this is going to happen. Let all this just fall. The kingdoms of men are all going down. I want to be in the identifiable people of God that all the kings and nations of the earth look at and say, they love God and God loves them. Hands off. Leave them alone, man. We read about the prophets of old. We read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We've heard it since we were children. And we love to talk about how, isn't that a good story, little Timmy? No way. These are real men who literally faced death and placed themselves willingly into fiery furnaces and said, you know what? This isn't about me. I know who my God is and he knows me and whatever he says goes. You all do what you want. It's just like Yeshua said, man, you don't take my life. You don't take my life. You can't have it. It is not possible for it to be your possession because I am the property of the king of all kings, the father of every good thing, the Lord of all lords. I am his possession. You cannot have me. That is the Christ man. And and those that become in greater number, those are the people of God. These men are the people of God. We love God and God loves us and we will do whatever he says no matter how foolish it looks. And guess what? The battle is the Lord's. Victory is in his hands. And in this case, in this case now, the kings turned away and said, we are not touching those men. Leave them alone. Yahweh God's with them. Hands off. That can be for someone in this hour and ones to come. I'm telling you, it's going to be for me in my house. This is what we live according to. I will be a man who loves the Father and He loves me. And I believe I am identified from all the hosts that are floating around in places I can't see with my natural eyes. And they say, Mm-mm, don't touch that one. Don't touch him. Man, God's on His side. And then they, I think they talk about... Man, he's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's willing to jump in the fire. He's like Abraham. He would take his own son up the hill and slit his throat for Yahweh God. Leave that guy alone. I want to be that man. I want to be that man, and I want to be around men who are like that.
I want to be around those who are to no end immeasurably dependent upon the Father to keep us, hold us, preserve us. And every single breath of my life is a gift from Him and is in Him, hidden with Yeshua Messiah in Yahweh God. So friends, I hope this stirs you today. I hope this at least causes you to sit back and ask some questions and say, you know what? What am I trying to do in my own efforts? Even if it's a righteous, holy, like pure motive, that doesn't much matter when you look at at God's commands and being dependent upon him. Our best efforts just kind of fall to the side and that's okay. That can't threaten us or make us feel offended. Maybe it's okay. Maybe we need to say, you know what, God? Am I fully dependent upon you so much so that the enemies can look at my life and say, "Uh uh-uh, not touching that one. Whoa, leave that guy alone. Don't you dare touch his household. That guy walks in the authority of Yahweh Elohim. Next, I want to be that guy so bad. Do you want to be that guy? Or are you going to depend upon your own preparation, your own strength? Are you going to depend upon guns and, 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 I don't know, whatever else you put your hope in? We have got to be a people that now sit back and assess and figure out where, if anywhere else other than God himself, does our hope and our strength and our ability lie. I want to be in this list. I want to be in this list. And then Joel in, in southwestern Virginia, man, do you remember that time we tried to assault his house? This is principalities and powers talking in my in my make-believe world. <laughs> oh man, do you remember that time we tried to do that? And man, God dispatched angels on every corner and he that we we were assaulted on every side. We're not going back there, man. Leave them alone. Is that crazy? I don't think it is. I think it's the pattern of God's people. And I want to be counted as one who's dependent upon God so much that that becomes my story. Visit us at pathtozion.com 24-7. Would you share anything that you feel is of any value? If you think it's horrible, obviously don't share it and like, oh man, listen to this guy. Well, that's fine. Do that too. I don't much care. (laughs) Whatever the case, would you help us? Would you help us spread this word? I believe, I believe in measure, in measure, we're hearing what the Spirit's saying in this hour. In measure. Everything I just said is nowhere near perfect, flawless, nowhere near. But it's something. It's something that has a substance to it. Would you join alongside with us in sharing what can stir the body of Christ to raise herself up and to be clean and set apart and distinct and holy again? And what are we doing? rediscovering the ancient way. Amen.